0: Good morning, Eastside. Well, it is good to be home this morning with the family of God and to actually worship with you in this space. We have been uh, worshiping from home uh, for the last, uh, well, forever, it seems like, at times. Uh, But we have um, been with you and been connected and been so grateful for the opportunity to stay connected to the body of Christ. I um, was uh, preparing for today's message, and as I was preparing, I... Um, one morning, got woken up, and uh, as I woke up, it came to me: as like, you know, the last time you preached at Eastside was actually the first Sunday in January, and so I got prompted to go and listen to what I said in January. It's the first service of the first, you know, of, of the year 2020, and I went back and listened. And um, one thing I can say I didn't say, I didn't say what was gonna happen <laughs> this year. Uh, we were totally surprised by so many things, but um, the one thing that was in that message that the Lord helped remind me, and I'm one of those persons who really can't stand to listen to anything message I preach after the fact, And but the Lord reminded me through that message Uh, When we were talking about Elijah and Elisha, the idea of following through, following it through to the end, because God has our victory at the end. I know it doesn't look like victory for many of us in many situations, but God is still at work. So this morning, as I was um, um, reflecting and after our first service, I sat there for a minute and just looking at uh, the message again. Um, I believe that God is surely trying to get something to us, but it's very difficult to hear it through all of the noise. There's a lot of noise in the world, and if we would be honest with ourselves, many of us, we are tired. So today, I want to talk to you about what to do when you are tired. What to do when you are tired. I want to read a passage of Scripture that if you just read the passage of Scripture, you might miss some of the key points or key elements of the Scripture. It's found in Acts 20, verse 7 through 12. Some of us, we may know this uh, passage. We may know this story. We might know the characters of the story. But I want to read it in your hearing. Then we're going to go back through and try to look at it with new eyes. So let's start with Acts chapter 20, verse 7 through 12. The Bible reads like this It says, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. If you read this passage in the midst of the story, it's like, whoa, Paul is there. This guy named Eutychus is there. There's a crowd there. Uh, Paul is talking too long, you know, just like most preachers. He's talking too long. And the young man falls asleep and then falls to his death. Paul gets him up and brings him back, you know, to life. And the story goes on. But if you look at it in that context, you will miss some of the stories some of the strong nuances that God would want to be speaking to us today. First of all, I want to differentiate between the idea of being sleepy and being tired. There is a difference between being sleepy and being tired. As I talk to people, as I'm on Zoom conferences, and as I meet with uh, students uh, on campus and all around, as I'm talking with them, the one thing I keep hearing in those conversations when I say, how are you doing? Students or adults say, I'm so tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And, and the reality is, is that sleepy, is something that you can resolve. Being sleepy, you can resolve sleepy with sleep. Getting a, night's, a good night's rest, you can resolve sleepiness. Some of us, we need uh, uh three hours, which is not good. I just want to let you know. If you sleep in three hours, that's not good. Uh, But some of us need at least three, four, five, six hours. Um, I have a house full of teenagers, and my teenagers sleep like 12 hours, especially on the weekends, right? So 12 hours of sleep is like, like the real medicine, right? And so as long as they get sleep, they're doing okay. But Let me talk about being tired. When you're tired, you can sleep for 12 hours and still wake up and be tired. I want to just really identify where we are today as a people, as believers. Most of us are tired. We're tired of what we hear on the news. We're tired of what's happening with COVID when we get the reports. We're tired of what's happening on the national platform. We're tired of what's happening with the racial um, tension in our world. We're tired when we hear about the deaths and the calamities. We're tired of all of the statistics and the facts. We're tired of waiting for a vaccine. We're tired. We're tired. We're tired of being tired. And if we would be really honest with ourselves, this tiredness is something that has not gone away since March. We have gotten increasingly tired. We become exhausted and fatigued. And we're not sleepy. Your problem is not sleep. Most of us, we sleep every night, but we wake up tired. Where does this tiredness come from? Where does it come from? It comes from the spaces where the world puts so much on your shoulder. And so today, I want us to look at what to do when you're tired, what to do when you're exhausted, what to do when you're fatigued, when your body is aching because you are tired of the circumstances of this world. And so if we would go back, And look at the scriptures, I like to really set the tone of what's happening. Paul is on his final journey. He is traveling this final missionary journey. He's going to all the churches that he set up. And this is his third and final because Paul is headed for his death. And so as he's on this final journey, he's also um, encouraging the body of Christ. He's raising funds and collecting funds to go back and to help those who are impoverished in Jerusalem. And so he's raising funds from all of these churches. And as Paul is traveling, he never intends to go to this place where Eutychus is. He's in the city of Troas. And as Eutychus is in the city, Paul was on a journey that would have avoided this space, but he ended up going there because there were threats on Paul's life. And so Paul shows up in the city and when he gets there, he goes to this house and with great excitement, he begins to share with these people. But I want to understand the context of time. Most of us, when we read the story, we think, oh, they started service like at nine o'clock or eleven o'clock. No, I want to let you know because of how the Sabbath was on Saturday and this was the first day of the week being Sunday, they actually started service in the evening. So this was an evening service, and Paul begins to preach at this evening service. He begins to share the word of encouragement. He begins to tell the people who are gathered in this space all of the things that God has done and all the things that God intends to do, and he wants them to be encouraged. But while he's in that space, a few things happen. Let's go back to verse 7. It says, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Now that we have concept, we realize that he wasn't talking from 11 a.m. to midnight. That's a long time, right? But maybe this evening service started at 6 p.m. Maybe it started at 5 p.m. We we're not sure the time, but he's talking for a considerable amount of time. Now, matter of fact, if I decided to preach to you like Paul today, I'd lose half of you right now. You'd be like, I know we're supposed to leave our seat when service is over, but they're going to lose me today because Cracker Barrel got my name on it. And so many of us, we would shift from this place because we're like, I just can't sit there until until he finishes teaching. But these people, they had been through so much. They had been through so much trauma, so much drama, that they sat there and they listened to the teaching of Paul. Could you imagine listening to the teaching of Paul? Many of you, if Paul was teaching, you might hang out maybe three of you, but you would hang out to hear what Paul had to say, what he was teaching about. And so they sat there, glued to their seats as he was sharing. So the first thing that we need to do when we're tired, we need to stay connected to others. The first thing you need to do when you are tired, is to stay connected with others. Now, most of the time we hear the term others and people say, well, what is others? I want to let you know that others is people with faith. Uh-huh. Hear that. You need to stay connected with people with faith, not people of faith. Oh, hear that this morning. I hope you catch that. There's a difference to be connected with people of faith because this is a space of faith. The church is a space of faith, but people can come to spaces and not have the thing that they came for. Come on, my my, my God. That's good right there. Many of us, we we, we think faith, but we got to have faith. You got to stay connected with people with faith. Paul was a man with faith faith. He was not just a man of faith, he was a man with faith. You can believe in faith, but if you don't got faith, oh my God, that's good right there. You are in trouble. And so Paul was a man with faith. The people gathered were people with faith. So stay connected with others, people with faith. The Bible goes on to say in verse 8, There were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where they were meeting. The reason why there were lamps was because now we know the context of the story. It was evening time. And because it was evening time, it was important to turn on the lights. It was important to turn the lamps on. It was important that the place be lit because they didn't want to have service in darkness. They came from out of darkness into this room to be enlightened. And in this place, they needed the lights on. I want to let you know the second thing that you need to do when you're tired I need you to turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. Why do we turn on the lights? Because something happens. Something is triggered when we turn on the lights. And when I say lights, I'm not so much just talking about the physical lights, but I'm talking about the light of the world, the the light of the Word, the light of hope, the light of joy, the light of peace. We need to turn on the lights because so many of us, we get caught up in the darkness of this world. I want to let you know that it's dark outside it's real dark outside and remember that they were in this room and they didn't want what was outside to be inside i want to let you know when you come into the house of with faith that you got to be in the light and so they turn on the lights when you know, now that I'm a little older, and it was funny. In the first service, I said, how many of you guys identify with this? And I had some uh, young young men, they lifted their hands to this, and I, I thought about it. I said, yeah, they probably do. But sometimes, you know, as, as I've gotten older, I know I have to go to the restroom in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. How many of y'all identify with that? Uh-huh. And, and see, when I was a young guy, I probably had to go in the middle of the night, but I, I didn't want to get up. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah, huh? Yeah, y'all remember that. Your mom will tell you about it. But anyway, so so the reality was, you 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 gotta get up. But the thing I've learned as I've gotten older is that when I need to go to the restroom, i I've, I've learned my steps. I can literally get to the bathroom in the dark. I've done it long enough that I can get to the bathroom in the dark. I don't have to turn on the light. I got the little night light. You know the little night light, the little one that it's not too bright. It's still just dim enough that you could barely see. And you do your business and you wash your hands. I hope you wash your hands. I wash my hands. I turn on the hot water because I know the cold water is going to wake me up. I, you know, wash your hands. And I don't know if you shake, air dry, what you do. But anyway, when you get back, you, you still sleep. Many of us are sleepwalking. We're going through the motions where we're in this place of being tired and we're so tired that we're just going through the motions and we're trying not to turn on the lights. I want to let you know, if you turn on the lights, you're going to wake up. You feeling tired? Turn on the lights, get in the word of God, get in the worship of God, get in there because that's where your tiredness will flee away. And so, the Bible goes on to tell us and start the story of this young man. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. As Paul talked on and on, when he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. First of all, a couple things happen here. First thing is that we identify this young man. This young man named Eutychus, okay, his name is interesting, Eutychus, and I've heard this, and I guess I didn't say it in the first time I'm saying it in this service because I've heard this 50 million times, and I said I would be doing not good justice if I don't tell this popular preacher joke that they love to tell when they tell this story. And it's, it's like his name is Eutychus, and Eutychus too, if you fell out of a window. And so Eutychus is in this space. He's sitting in this space. He has selected his seat, and he has sat in a window. And while he's in the window, Paul is talking on and on. Most times we want to indict Eutychus. Most times we want to indict Paul. We want to blame Eutychus because he sat in the window, and we want to blame Paul because he talked on and on. Neither one of them were at fault. It's because there's power in this story. Paul is encouraging the people of God, telling them all he can tell them because this will be the last visit. This will be the last time he'll be able to encourage them. He's giving them everything that he's got. And Eutychus had probably worked all day long and he was just trying to stay awake so he sat in a window where he could get a good breeze, a place where he can kind of get comfortable. He was tired. And he sat in that space, but in the course of time, Eutychus fell asleep and fell to his death. I want to let you know that if you've ever taken a long trip on the highway, the hardest time to drive is at nighttime. The hardest time to drive is at nighttime. Most times when I do trips, I try to do it uh, at the break of day. At the break of day, as day is breaking, I know I can make it through because the sun is going and other cars are going and we're doing. But at nighttime, it seems very lonely on that highway. And I've been in the car where I've been driving and, and I start feeling uh, tired. I'm feeling tired because it's the, the monotony of things. I could have had a full night's sleep. But once you get in that car and that car starts to motion, and it just keeps on going. You start doing things, you turn up your music and you turn it up loud, you know, certain music you don't listen to. Listen, I will not listen to any of the music we listened to this morning. Sleep. Okay? It's powerful when you're in worship, but when you're on a highway, something happens. You start getting loud and you start going into that special place with the Lord. And it's not the time to be in a sweet place with the Lord you got to be alert. And so I've been in those spaces. I turn up the music, and I I, I roll down the windows. I'm trying to get the draft. I'm doing everything that I can do. But somewhere along the way, I don't even know when it happens, but my eyes close, and I— And you know that feeling when your heart is in your stomach? That's a horrible feeling because in that moment, that split moment, you realize you could have lost your life. Well, guess what? I believe that Eutychus was sitting in the window, and while he was sitting there in the window, he found himself a good position, very comfortable, and while he was sitting there, he sat, and as he sat, he sat there, his eyes would blink because he was tired. He wasn't so sleepy, but he was tired, tired from the things in his world, tired from all of the oppression that was going around, tired of all those things, and even though he was hearing an encouraging message, his tiredness kicked in, and before he knew it, he was nodding. And before long, he was asleep. The Bible says when he was fast to sleep, when he was sunk into a deep sleep, he fell to his death. Next point. Select a stable position and keep your eyes open. I want to let you know that, that I'm sure that in that space there was other seating available for Eutychus. But Eutychus, he was he was thinking that the best seat would be in a place where I could get some breeze, get some air. I, I don't want to be in the center of the room, I, and I don't want to get caught up in all that. Well, let, let me let you know, I don't know about Eutychus, but I grew up in the old school church. When, and I was a little kid going to church. I was 12 years old, 11, 12 years old going to church. And even when I was younger, I would go to church with my grandma. And, and you know, being a kid, you know, you don't understand totally what's happening in the front. it's a whole lot of singing and a whole lot of talking, and you're sitting there, and you got a coloring book and some crayons, and you're like, okay, I'm trying to keep myself busy. I'm trying to keep myself occupied. But every now and then, as you sat there, you would start falling asleep. And as I would sleep, as I would nod, my grandma would nudge. Uh Uh-huh. You ain't really been to church unless you got good nudged. And so I would get nudged, and and because, you know, the older saints were so sweet, my grandma was a sweet woman. Every now and then, if I kept on nodding, she would reach into her purse and pull out a peppermint. Oh, Lord, ain't nothing like a Sunday morning peppermint. And, and she had those like those, those, the round balls, you know, the round peppermint balls. And that, you, you can't just chew that. It takes a long time to suck on that thing. And if the preacher preached just long enough, I would still have a little bit of that peppermint ball in my mouth when he finished. Most times not. But that was something there to keep me awake. You've got to find yourself a stable position. What's the position you need to be in? I want to let you know you need to plant yourself on the truth of God. Plant yourself on the rock of your salvation. Plant yourself on the foundation that God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do. No matter what the reports are from all of the newscasters and all of the news stations, God is still on the throne. I know it's hard to believe because we can get overwhelmed by all that we hear, by all that we see, by all that we understand. But God is still in control. The Bible says this, and I love this. Listen, Eutychus situation interrupts service. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, my God, this is really good. Hold on to this right here. Eutychus situation interrupts service. See, most of us, we just want to go on with life. We just want to keep on doing what we're doing. But Eutychus, his situation interrupts service. This is what this passage tells me, that while all the saints are gathered in the room and Eutychus is sitting in his comfortable seat and he is tired from life, exhausted, fatigued, he's sitting in the space. But guess what? Somebody had their eyes on Eutychus. Oh, my God. See, Eutychus could have slipped out the window and no one noticed, but somebody through their peripheral vision was watching for Eutychus. They were looking for Eutychus. I want to tell you today, listen, like never before, as the world gets darker and darker, as the world gets more confusing and more confusing, somebody's got to be looking for Eutychus. Somebody's got to be looking for Eutychus. And if we were honest today, some of us are Eutychus. Some of us are in that space where we're falling and we're drifting and we're tired and we're exhausted and we don't see hope and we don't see peace and we don't see joy. We don't see things getting better. It looks like they're getting worse and the exhaustion is overcoming us. But somebody's got to look for Eutychus. Somebody's got to keep it out for Eutychus. Somebody's got to keep a watch for someone else. We've got to look out for each other. It is the responsibility of the body of Christ to watch one for the other. And I know it's hard because we're in this time of social distancing. Guess what? Eutychus had socially distanced himself from everyone else. Catch it? He was six feet away, possibly, in a window from everyone else. But somebody had their eye on Eutychus. We've got to have our eyes on each other. It's nothing like when I get a message from one of our pastors or someone on our team or someone at the church who just says, hey, Mike, I was thinking about you. I'm praying for you. How how are you in the family doing? Those little messages, those small gifts go so far and they bless the soul. Somebody's got to watch out for Eutychus. Well, Paul goes down. He throws himself on the young man, interrupts service. You know, we don't like disruption, but he interrupts service. He throws himself on the young man, puts his arms around him. and says, don't be alarmed. He said, he's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. Listen, we're going to have to interrupt some normalities in order to take care of Eutychus. The normal things are going to have to stop in order to take care of Eutychus. Eutychus needs somebody to show up for him. Eutychus needs somebody to go downstairs and pick him up because it looks like it's over for Eutychus. And guess what? If you have fallen, I don't know why I'm there right now, but if you have fallen, if you have fallen to your death and you feel like you are dead, dead in the water, you're floating and there's no hope for your situation, I want to let you know that there's still hope for you, Eutychus. Still hope why because we are people filled with faith and so the bible goes on to say that after he picked him up they went back upstairs broke bread and paul started talking again oh my god i like this it's like it was a commercial oh my lord I want to let you know that what you're going through right now is just a commercial. Oh, my Lord. I want to let you know that COVID-19 is just a commercial. I want to let you know that it seems like it's a long time, but when you compare it to the glories of God and what God is doing in your life, this is just a commercial. It's just a brief interruption. It's just a two-minute commercial in the stint of a life. I want to let you know that all hope is not lost. God is on the throne. Oh, my God. So, the final thing is, don't lose sight of what is most important. Don't lose sight of what is most important. Well, what's most important? (laughs) What's most important as I struggle with this earpiece today, I just don't want to fight, it's fighting with me today. What's most important? What's most important is people what? People. No, we know God is most important. God's got you. And we know where he is. But God needs us looking for the Eutychuses. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not… What? What? For God so loved the world that he gave? Well, if God can give his son, then we need to make sure that we're keeping watch in this earth. Why are we called to keep watch in this earth? Because there are Eutychus all over the place. There are Eutychuses all over the place. And guess what? If no one's watching for them, they die and they're lost. But not this Eutychus. Because somebody was watching. Someone was keeping an eye. Eutychus' name, part of his name, means fortunate, fortunate. In unfortunate times, we serve a God who will turn things around. The Bible says this, the people took the young man home alive and was greatly comforted. They had comfort because this situation did not end in tragedy. Oh, that's the good news today. This situation did not end in tragedy. Oh, yeah. It's bad. But it won't end in tragedy. There is still hope.